yorkshirepost.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we will be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wobshaw, to discuss all the latest news from the European Championships and the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YPSport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jplmedia.co.uk. As mentioned earlier in the intro, this week I'm joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and uh, Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wobshaw. Um, let's kick off with the Euros, and... Um, what everyone's talking about at the moment is um, the England versus Germany game, uh, which was a fantastic result and another clean sheet. Um, uh, how do you feel about the overall performance and do you think they will take the same approach going against Ukraine? Uh, Stuart, on this one first. Um, how do I feel about the overall performance? Well, it was um, it was a long way from being the best England performance I've ever seen and I frankly couldn't care less. It was one of the best, best results. Um, and I, I, you know, I do... England are playing in quite a quite a reserved manner. They're the only team in this tournament not to concede a goal, and it's working really well for them. So there's no there's no reason they're going to they're going to stop it. You know, <clears throat> they've uh, they've got a lot of attacking on ta- talent untapped at the moment. Um, but frankly, I mean, if you said to most England fans uh, at the start of this tournament or even now, um, would you settle? For being the most boring European champions ever, I think they don't pretty much all say yes. Not not that it's anywhere like that, but we're not talking about Greece in two thousand and four here. They're still playing well, um, but it's it's a very it's a very disciplined, um, it's a very you know reserved way of playing. Um, the individuals with, within it are doing their jobs really well, um, and it would it was a great win over you know not a vintage German team, but. We all know the mental hang-ups that England have had over the years um, against Germany. I think we were probably all fearing them when Thomas Muller went through on goal late on. Um, but England, yet again under Gareth Southgate, have got over a, a significant psychological hurdle. And it's really impressive, you know, the way he's conditioned these players mentally um, to get through the sort of problems that traditionally England footballers just haven't been able to. Yeah, and um, do, do you agree with that, uh, Leon? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was just just cathartic, wasn't it? I mean, you look at you look at England's sort of tournament record and, and knockout record, you know, since uh, of that a day in '66, and I, I can't think of any any better result really. I mean, I know they've beaten other teams in in knockouts, and it's only the um, 
only the round of sixteen. You know, let's not let's not forget that. But in, in terms of you know the quality of the opposition and all the sort of psychological hang-ups, you know, a magnificent result. It was a real tournament performance, wasn't it? It wasn't um, wasn't vintage, but it was a, it was a, a team, wasn't it? You looked at. It. You know, Harry Maguire was was superb. I think all the all the Yorkshire lads at, at the back stood up. Um, Kyle Walker, John Stones, Calvin Phillips was was great. I mean, I, I think he was it something like ten or eleven um, at times he, he reclaimed possession. I think wasn't it? Eleven, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. And Jordan Pickford stood up when he um, when called upon. Raheem Sterling. It was it was a real. You know, a team performance. You know, a solid seven out of tens, pretty much all all the way through. And you you just got to be so pleased for for Southgate, haven't you? I mean, I know, I know Stuart touched on it before. This, you know, he represents the, the you know the best of England, doesn't he? As, a, as an individual, is is a really solid, sound, straight, straight uh, individual, and he's a he's a very talented one, and he seems so. So driven, and um, you know, he uh, it was interesting afterwards, wasn't it? He said, "I've got a bit of party pooper here, and I'm I'm sure he'll keep them all all level headed and nice, nice and calm." And when obviously they've gone back to St, St George's Park now, and a, a great day. But um, Southgate obviously doesn't want to stop here, and more importantly, the, the players don't. But a massive psychological moment in. Um, England's national football, I'd say, in the in the last few decades. I, I think one thing that's impressive about Southgate, Leon, is that he, he really, really understands tournament football. He's obviously been yes. involved in quite a lot of tournaments with England on both sides. You know, he's he's been he's been a mainstay of the team in, in '96, but he's also been a, a fringe player who hasn't got a kick of the ball. So he he yeah. he, he doesn't yeah. just know how to handle. You know the players on the pitch in terms of them not getting carried away after one good result. He knows how to handle the fringe players to drill into them. Look, you know you've got a really important role to play in this squad, even if you don't kick a ball. You know you've got to be you've got to be ready because I might need you from the bench. And he's got you know he's got such a, a depth of, of ability at his disposal in terms of the, the substitutes he's got that that should be a real yeah. strength in this tournament. But it just just in terms of everything around the tournament, he seems to. He seems to really understand it. Really struck. He struck, yeah. struck a really good tone. I think from a media perspective, Leon, in terms of no, I mean, you know, I think twenty eighteen was it was a big sort of um, breakthrough year in terms of in terms of the, the barriers between the media and the and the squad yeah. were really broken down. And, and he, he's really he's really built a good good mentality about it. And and, and as you say, he's he's such a likable guy and they, they are such a likable team in, in an era when, you know, modern footballers feel more disconnected than ever. This is a team yeah. that you actually want to get behind. And the you know, the atmosphere at Wembley, considering it was only half full, was astonishing. I can't you know, I mean, your memory plays tricks sometimes, but I, I can't remember an atmosphere like that. In a, in a full stadium in, in my life, you know, reporting and, and watching as a fan, it was just astonishing. And you, you really do feel like the country behind, if they can get through this Rome game and get back to Wembley, that should be a huge advantage for them. Yeah, I think the mindset as, as well, Stuart. I mean, obviously they, they did well. They got to the semi-finals um, in Russia a couple of years ago. It was That that disappointment's got to be a factor, hasn't it? You know, in, in sort of dr- yeah. driving them on, it's pretty much... 
I know they'll go to Rome next, but it's, you know, it's a home tournament. And those players, are, you know, they're all, a lot of them are good ages. And it just, just feels like, you know, touch wood, it, it could be their time. And, you know, they're, they're, they're driven to sort of going all the way and at least getting in getting in the final and then hopefully finishing the um, the job. And, you know, you look at some of the players as well, they've had some tough times this season, hasn't, haven't they? You know, certainly injuries as well. And you look at Raheem Sterling, I mean, he... He wasn't um, um, didn't end, end end the season as a regular at Manchester City, and he's been a real you know talisman, hasn't he? Getting three goals, and it's just the team the team ethic. Everyone genuinely seems together. There's no there's no bad eggs there. They're all on a on a journey, and um, y- you know you never predict things with, with England, but they've got a hell of a chance now mm-hmm. to get in the final. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it's telling, and I think it's huge, huge credit to the football league that most of those lads have, have at some stage, whether it be yeah. on loan or or you know coming through at clubs like Sheffield United when they're in in League One, have, have come through that sort of background and, and learned from it as well. And I think I think that's important in them in them being grounded and the, and them having yeah. you know had had the sort of disappointments in their careers that you know people like Tyra Mings have have had you know and and, and really really learned from being at, you know at clubs like Barnsley who who have yeah. a, a tremendous Euros in terms of you know the contribution they're making yeah and yeah. You know, it leads in the really difficult times at these Sheffield United in the really difficult times there, and yeah. and you know other clubs up and down the country. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting. Well. I know you, you caught the thing with was it Cal, Calvert Lewin? There was a bit of stuff. Was it on on Twitter? It's obviously been leaked leaked to somebody that he was a bit surprised not to to get in the get on the bench, wasn't it? Um, mm. Last night, and I can imagine when that gets back to sort of. Southgate and his and his sort of people, however probably innocent it may have been, but I think there might be a little bit of a tap on the shoulder to say no, we don't do that, and um, just a little bit, no, no, nothing too heavy, but you know, because it's all everything's been. You could see it when they scored, like you know, the, the second goal, all the subs, the joy on 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 you know Foden's face, Rashford, we're all in it together. You know, we we win as a team. We go out as a team. Let's hope we, you know, we win it, win it as a team this time. But yeah. that has been a, a real strong, strong thing. That togetherness and tightness in that group, forged a little bit by what happened in missing out in the semi-finals um, last time. And uh, I think when you've spoken a lot about Salka here, but I think when he, uh, when needs arise, I think he, he can be ruthless as well if, if he has to be. Yeah, and, and and who better a player, a person, sorry, to to yeah. pull someone like Calvert Lewin down than Gareth Southgate and say, hey, I've, yeah. I've had this and I've I've shown dignity and I've learned from it. You do Absolutely. the same sort of thing, you know. Um, it's, yeah. it's such a such an asset to have um, yeah. a man like Southgate leading your team. Hmm. I think a quick word about Klinsman as well, Stuart. I thought he was magnificent on the, um, you know, summarising afterwards. Very much similar to Southgate as a as an individual, a real class act. I, you know, I enjoyed his 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 um, comments and his magnanimity, really. And um, the only, I mean, obviously you, you were there, Stuart. The only slightly disappointing thing I would say was the the booing of the um, the German national anthem by mm. some England fans, which I thought was disappointing, but a brilliant night otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I think the one, the one thing about that it was noticeable. 
every, every time a German walks on the pitch, you know, before kickoff, the on the yeah. window was booing. You know, there was booing for the national anthem. There was booing mm. for a period in at the start of the game where where Germany dominated the ball. But as soon as England got into the game. I think all forty thousand sort of forgot about all that and just got yeah. wrapped up into, in the game, and that was that was you know that was great to hear. But yeah, I mean, you you mentioned Klinsman there. I have to say, Joachim Love was the same uh, yeah. In, yeah. in his post match press conference, and you know, it's it's sad it's sad from that perspective that, that someone who's had such a great career and contributed yeah, such absolutely. a lot to world football um, is going out after the. The disappointing last yeah. few years he's had, but yeah, a lot of class from the German side. Yeah, and, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, and, and I'm pretty confident that England will, you know, be the same if and when, uh, if and when the, the, yeah. the moment of our exit comes. But yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, he, proud of. I know it's low. He tapped, he tapped Maguire on the back as well after he finished his press, didn't he? Which I thought was uh, nice as well. Hmm. Yeah. And um, turning our focus to Wales, um, who were well beaten by Denmark, unfortunately, um, their performances seemed very low key, in my opinion. And um, do, do you think that's a, a fair assessment, uh, Leon? Well, it was disappointing, wasn't it? You know, I, I did a, a, a preview before the game on on Saturday, and it, I, I thought it was probably a bit of a fifty-fifty game. But you know, Wales. I mean, they started fairly fairly well nice and bright but you know credit to the to the danish coach he made um, a very good tactical switch in putting christensen in the um in the sort of holding midfield role to sort of look after a couple of the wales you know the, well, the danger men sort of Ram, ramsey and bale and wales never really got into it um after that point it, it it was sad, wasn't it, that there were there were hardly any Wales fans there. Obviously, the, the regulations on the on the continent meant that uh, the Wales fans from the UK couldn't travel in. So, you know, the Red Wall wasn't there, which which didn't help. But yeah, disappointing. I mean, I thought at the start of the tournament, getting to let's say the, the last sixteen was probably yeah par and half decent performance. But there was an opportunity there, wasn't there? You know, against against Denmark to progress there, and uh, you know, uh, I mean, you look how the how the draw's gone now. It possibly be a winnable quarter final, but uh, an okay, yeah, decent tournament. But you know, you know, the, the next big thing for them is is World Cup qualification, isn't it? They haven't done that since I think was it fifty eight? Is it since of fifty eight? Yeah, since they've last done that, and. Uh, you, you look at the sort of age of Bale and, and Ramsey, and it's you know potentially in, in terms of getting to a World Cup um, finals. Obviously, they're not too long away. Could be a case of now, now or never, couldn't it? I think was he Bale's Bale's thirty, thirty-one. Ramsey's probably about the same. So they're going to qualify for a, a World Cup. It's you think it's probably going to be the next one in the. I think they're in a tough group, aren't they? They've got the Czechs and the Belgians. Got some key games there. But you know they've got some good, good young players as well, haven't they? I think one of the youngest squads in the Euros. That you know Joe Road on had a, um, up until probably Saturday he had a he had a strong tournament. There's the likes of Chris Metham, Harry Harry Wilson, Hampered, who, uh the lad at Liverpool who he, he unfortunately made made an error, but I know he's he's well thought of and he's and he's only young and I'm sure he'll come back. So it'll be. It'll be interesting to see how they fare. I mean, obviously, there's the thing with Ryan Giggs and his court case, so I don't think that's going to get resolved, isn't it, any any time soon? So um, Rob Page, who's you know, he's built a strong 
he's had a decent tournament, even regard, disregarding what happened in uh, on Saturday. He's at the helm, and you know, let's hope Wales can get some big results and realise the sort of next mission for them, which is World Cup qualification. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be too too harsh on the mark because I mean, you know, they have punched above their weight when you when you look at um, you know the, a the size of the country and, mm. and and b you know the leagues that, that a lot of these lads are playing. We're not talking about a squad made up entirely of you know Premier League and La Liga players and no. what have you. Um, so that the, the, there was there's always an element that you you've, you've got to temper expectations a bit. I think I think the frustration, as, as Leon's alluded to, is you look at some of the other results and you see other teams punch, punching above their weight too, and you think you know mm. that that could be Wales. I think I think that's that's the thing. But yeah, I mean they are they are very reliant on two players who, as Leon says, they're, they're sort of in their early thirties, but in in footballing terms that they, they feel almost older than that. You know they've played a lot of football yeah, and taken a lot of injuries. Yeah. And 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 you know Bale and Ramsey are not the players that they were in 2016. Uh, even you know they've got they've got flashes of brilliance in them, but they're they're less sustained. You know, so it was it was always going to be difficult to, you know, for them to to, to drag Wales through such a long tournament. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's part of the problem. You know, we we talk about England, you know, not exactly playing like Brazil. You know, Wales have had to have quite a, you know, disciplined and, and structured way of playing. And, and, and you know, the, the problem with with that way of playing, and this will be the problem with England. Say, if England go out, is that you go out that way, and you always you always have a sense of what if. Whereas if you go out in a sort of yeah. heroic, you know, Croatia style way, or, or what have you, there's a little bit of pride to to take from that but but the end result is still the same so as long as you're getting the results like England are at the moment that, that's all that matters really in terms of in terms of people's minds but when you when you do end up going out that way there's just a you know there's just a a bit of a feeling of disappointment but I mean really you know if, if you look at it sort of from a a, a non-British point of view they were really onto a hiding to nothing because I think everyone everyone who wasn't Certainly, British and, and you know probably a, a lot of non non Welsh people. Full stop. Were were really rooting for Denmark, and they did have they did have this sort of emotional wave behind them on top of some really good players. So um, I think it, I think it's frustrating for Wales, but I do think there's there's a lot a, a lot to build on. And you know, as as Leon says, if you know who knows what's going to happen with the managerial situation, but if they if they do end up with with Robert Page doing the the, the job permanently, or, or or just the stability of knowing who the permanent manager is going to be, there is, there are foundations to build on with those young players coming through. And um, the final topic on the Euros, um, basically the the quarterfinals are now uh, set. Uh, who apart from England uh, do you think could go all the way? Uh, starting with uh, Stuart on this one. Uh, probably absolutely anyone. Yeah, <laughs> you could absolutely. probably you could probably have a Switzerland Ukraine final the way this uh, the way this competition's going. I think I think everyone who's in <laughs> I think everyone who's in it should believe they've got a chance because mm. frankly they have. And you know, I mean, it's ironic that probably you know a week ago we were worried about England being in this half of the draw. Now we're delighted they're in this yeah. half of the draw. But uh, if if they get carried away with themselves, that was, that was the really reassuring thing that all the England players were coming out with this message. Yeah. You know, Harry Maguire, we've done nothing yet. 
if we're not switched on on Saturday, we'll we'll lose sort of thing. Mm. Um, it could just go any any way. You know, you can find you can find faults in all the teams, the strengths in all the teams. Um, you, you know, the the, the fatigue factor is a bit of a leveler. You know, you wonder if that sort of played a part in 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 the the lackluster nature of, of parts of France's performance and, mm. and what have you. Uh, I mean, personally, I, I I like the look of Italy. You know, despite the fact they lack a bit of ruthlessness up front, I can see them taking advantage of a bit of bit of that tiredness in the Belgian team, and then from from there, who knows? But it, it really, I think that's the that's the the great thing about this tournament. You know, we we've had some great games, but we've had some great drama and some really yeah. you know unexpected moments as well, and. It, it's just it's just one to be honest to not try and second guess too much, just to sit back and enjoy because because really anything could happen and that that's that's me copping copping out completely but <laughs> but that's the way I see it at the moment. No, there could, I mean there could be a story, couldn't there? I think quite a lot of the Euros we've had the you know you had the Denmark's in '92 and it it could be another. Mm-hmm. Denmark again. There's there's the results for the for the Swiss and. You know the, the the Czech Republic as well. I mean, there's, there's there's every opportunity for one of those so-called lesser nations. I mean, who would have thought everyone were talking about the group of death and they all they all got knocked out in the last yeah. sixteen, which is. And I, I think I read something somewhere. I don't know what the exact date is, but it's certainly a long time ago since the the French and the Germans weren't in a a last date of a of a Euro. So you know, some crazy things have happened and. Who's to say that that some some more crazy things might happen as well? I mean, you've, you've, I agree with you. I think Italy do look the um, the one that have, that have stood out probably consistently so far, and you know they they might have that bit of luck as well if if Hazard and, and De Bruyne don't play for Belgium. I mean, if it, it, you've got to fancy Italy, if certainly if De, if De Bruyne doesn't doesn't play on on Friday, but it's yeah, very interesting. I mean, it'll be, in, from an England perspective, it'll be Interesting to see where, which way the the sort of play it, Stuart. Do you think they'll go back to a four three three and bring a a mount or a folding, or even give give Grealish his 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 head from the start? That'll be that'll be very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's really hard to say because it, you know yeah. you get the impression that's that, a, that three four good. three. No, I mean you get the impression is that three four three is is his sort of big games formation, and yeah. then the, the the question is. Is Ukraine in a in a quarterfinal? Is is that a big game because Ukraine aren't a big team, or is mm. it a big game because of the occasion? You know, um, yeah. And I I just don't I just don't know. I've give, given up trying to to second guess him, but I think I think we should all just uh, just put our faith in him because he's he, you know he's making yeah. some 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 really bold decisions that I think I think most people are looking at most team sheets at the moment thinking I don't agree yeah. with that. I mean we were talking about that before the Croatia game. And then at full time most of us are saying well he knows what he's talking yeah. about. He's got it right again. He's um, got the luxury of options as well, hasn't he, Stuart, in that squad there's it you sort of look around about it it does look there's sort of not many sort of superstars, if you like, but they've got some quality in a in a fair few areas, haven't they? There's a re- there's a real quali- um, equality of depth, isn't there? Yeah. I was thinking about the team, you know, uh, the other day, and to be honest, I was thinking ahead of the Germany. Well, I was thinking, I hope they play a back four, but I was thinking, yeah. in terms of the actual personnel, I I don't really mind because in most positions. No. 
you know, yeah. a, a right back, for example, you know, uh, out, out wide in the hole if he plays there, he could pick two or three players and you'd be happy with all of them because they're, yeah. they're all they're all really good and, and bring and bring different qualities. So I'm, I'm sure there'll be yeah. a lot of I'm sure there'll be a lot of thought as to the specifics of what can this player yeah. do to do to yeah. Ukraine's you know left back for argument's sake. Could be the fatigue thing as well, couldn't it? I mean, there's a relatively yeah. short turnaround. Then you've got, you know, the the, the, the two that you know Shaw and um, Trippier did well, but who's to say you might look look at the fatigue and yeah. I don't know, maybe an hour in on Saturday you might think, well, let's bring James and Chilwell on. It could be one of those, couldn't it? Um, or or there's, even there's, from the start, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're blessed with options, and uh, certainly from what we've seen so far. I don't think Gareth will be scared of making the decisions, and he's, he's doing it his way, isn't he? Exactly, exactly. More power to him. Mm. And uh, looking a bit closer to home, uh, the EFL fixtures have been released, as well as the first round of uh, the, well, the, the draw for the first round of the League Cup being completed. And apart from the Yorkshire derby with Huddersfield travelling to Sheffield Wednesday, um, are there any other fixtures that uh, stand out for you, uh, Leon? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the of the cup draw, it's uh, yeah that that one sticks out a mile, doesn't it? Obviously, Jordan Rhodes um, potentially going back to Hillsborough after after recently leaving. I mean, in terms of the in terms of the early games, um, league wise, obviously it starts in in early August. I mean, the ones that pretty much leap, leap from the page for me are. The ones in ones in League One, they obviously got you know Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham, and and Doncaster, all in the you know South Yorkshire teams, all in all in that division, and they'll all have seen each other by the time that the school holidays are over. Interesting one for Wednesday. They've got I think they've got a tough start at Charlton. A lot of people are talking about them as as promotion candidates, and I know know for a fact they've got a they've got a pretty big budget this year. So that's that's a toughie for Wednesday. They've got Doncaster at home, and everyone knows what happened with Darren Moore. He, he sort of jumped, jumped ship at the end of February, went went to Hillsborough. A lot of Rovers fans weren't happy. So uh, Rovers, uh, it's a derby anyway, but there wasn't um, any inspiration for that. And then Wednesday, a week later, later to play Rotherham, who, um, I mean, Rotherham like to beat Sheffield Wednesday like no other team, even though the rivalry is not particularly, you know, reciprocated. Last season, Rotherham did a double over them, didn't they? They won in the last minute at Hillsborough, and I think they beat them at Rotherham for the first time since the mid-70s. So, um, another big one for Wednesday there, and they've got a bit of a welcome to League One at, at Morecambe that, uh, before the end of the month. And there's also Rotherham-Doncaster as well, that um, that's coming up before the end of August, and, and Donny's record at Rotherham is horrendous. I don't think they've won there in about... 14 or 15 games so some juicy ones um league one wise and sort of looking at the the championship yeah obviously sheffield united everyone's going to be interested to see how yukanovic does and they've i think they've got a, a yorkshire derby with with huddersfield in august and they've got to go to swansea and um i think it's west brom as well so some big early tests there yeah, I mean, I mean, those those League One derbies in particular in August just just leap out at you. <laughs> it's 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 yeah. one after the other, and and it's going to be fascinating because I, I think I think in all the football league divisions, I think there's going to be a, a big big turnover of players 
So it's yeah. going to be really, it's going to be really interesting to see who's able to hit the ground running. I mean, in 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 the championship, for example, it's it's interesting, and to their credit, that um, that Huddersfield have made so many signings early on. You always hear managers talking about, oh, we we want to get as much business done before pre-season starts, and it hardly ever happens. But uh, you know, at Huddersfield this year, and and at Bradford City in League Two, they've done a really good job of of getting people through the door so that there's no excuse yeah. for not having that training groundwork, which particularly yeah. with Huddersfield, with, with Carlos Cobra and sort of um, slightly yeah. slightly unorthodox methods, you know, it, it, it'll be it'll be really valuable time. You know, for, for someone like, you know, Sheffield Wednesday in League One, I mean, it's going to be a big culture shock. I know they've been in the division yeah. before a few times recently, but it's still going to be a big culture shock for them drop it into late one and there will be a period of of getting used to it you know <laughs> they'll be hoping it's sort of the first 20 minutes of the of the first game rather than the first couple of months but it, it'll just be interesting to see how quickly these teams get to grips with the new surroundings the new setups you know their new managers in the case of yeah. in the case of Doncaster and and who who hits the ground running but um yeah I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a really a really fascinating start to the season and you know I, I always think that's the great thing about a major tournament I don't, I don't know about you two but as soon as soon as a really good major tournament's finished I'm just thinking oh, I can't wait for the I can't wait for the club season to start now. Mm-hmm. and uh, and and that's good. you know that's the way these euros are making me think at the moment about the about seeing you know United again and Harrogate Town yeah I think I, I think it'll be interesting one or two of the teams do you know I mean you can't really um hang your hat on the same what sort of side Lineup Sheffield Wednesday will have on the opening day. No, exactly. Will you really? And uh, you know, I think recruitment's been a been an interesting one. The likes of you know Huddersfield have done a lot early. They're obviously trying to get you know the players fully a, a, assimilated. There's been a lot of Bradford as well, hasn't it, in the in the last few weeks. Whereas others are are sort of keeping the the powder dry. I know one or two I spoke to one or two sort of managers on the quiet, and they're expecting it to sort of kick off. You know. Um, into, Ju- into July being a bit of an explosion of, of activity so it'll be um, it'll be fascinating to see what sides actually do appear on the opening weekend yeah and, and we, we you know you've got the added complication it's more of a it's more of a Premier League and, and, and top end of the championship thing although knocked on to one of our clubs as we'll say you've got some some clubs still faffing around trying to get a manager at this yeah. stage which it's incredible yeah. how how many you know significant yeah. clubs are either managerless at the moment or or just getting someone through the door, which will which will you know further give an advantage to other clubs in terms of um, in terms of yeah. making a good start. Hmm. And um, talking about uh, managerial appointments, uh, that leads into our next topic, which um, basically I see that Barnsley have appointed uh, Marcus Schopp from Austrian side TSV Hartberg. And uh, my question is, uh, what can he bring to Barnsley as a manager? Um, starting with Stuart on this one. Well, I think he's he's someone they've they've looked at in the past. You know, as as was the case with Valerian Ismail, it wasn't it wasn't a, a decision they made. You know, quickly, it's someone they, they they looked at a long time. He clearly he clearly fits in into their way of playing. But you know, like Ismail taking over from Struber. There'll be some similarities, but you know there'll be some differences as well. They're not getting an Ismail clone. You know, from from the from the people I've spoken to, this is a for starters, this is a manager who who, who plays a back four, whereas those those two play back threes. Um, he still plays quite direct. It's very counter-attacking football based on set pieces, um, but he, he seems 
he seems a different style of man manager to Ismail. I think Ismail came across as very, well, ultra demanding and very stern, yet at the same time, very well liked by his players. It's not, it certainly wasn't that situation, but it sounds like um, Shop is someone who gets very close to his, his players, goes on holiday with some of them apparently. Um, so it might be a slightly, slightly softer touch. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's, uh, we were saying, I think on the, the other week on the, on the podcast, I think the way Barnsley are set up and the, the way that clubs run at the moment, I think they've earned, as we've said about Gareth Southgate, they've earned a lot of our trust in terms of the appointment they make. And they, they will have done a lot of research. They will know what they're getting and they'll be confident that they're getting what they want. So I think we should be confident that, that this is going to be a you know a good appointment. But of course, you never know. You can be the best appointment in the world in theory. We wait to see how it is in practice. But I'm confident it will be a good one. Yeah, I mean, it's all, I suppose, as sides sort of look at players and they get players in and some players get sold they'll sort of see who they can bring in to replace them. It's the same with management, with, with Barnsley, isn't it? They've had this data, database-driven approach for, you know, several years now. You know, um, you know the director, James Grind's very influential in it. And, um, yeah, they've obviously, obviously they've got the next cab off the rank in, in Schlopp. And I'll be interested to see how his man, you know, in terms of his man management, how he can sort of, you know, gal- galvanise a squad to go again. Cause obviously, they've lost a huge figure in, in Ismail. Like Stuart said, he had this t- tough love approach with the with the Barnsley players, but he, it uh, you know it seemed to work, and that'll that'll be fascinating to see how he, how he goes. That was you know about that in that not just tactical, but you know his, his man management sort of sort of skills, and you know there's things. Let's let's be honest. There's, there's big things going on behind the scenes there at Barnsley at the minute. Looks like Dave Murphy's going to go to to Nottingham Forest at the end of his contract. Um, he, he's been head head on to buy them. There's talk of other changes as well. A club club secretary also um, leaving. Alex Mowat's pretty much nailed on to to go as well at the end of his contract. He's been a, a huge player for Barnsley, hasn't he? He got in the team in the year last season. Um, but you know he's well, he's 26 now, and you know the next deal's going to set him up for life. And there's a lot of you know clubs have been sniffing around him. You know, you know West Bromby, Keane, Middlesbrough, Nottingham Forest. So you know they're going to let the Barnsley have lost you know a, a real leader in the dugout, and you know it's like they're going to lose a, a leader on the pitch. So and then they've obviously got the expectation from last season. Can they go again? So. You know, in terms of shop, shop as well, getting that dynamic with it, whoever replaces sort of Murphy, and then getting some key sort of transfer transactions as well. That's going to be part of it. But you know, he's got over a month, hasn't he, until the kick off, and um, it'll you know, let's see how they go. And uh, the next topic of discussion uh, looks at Levi Colwell, uh, who has signed on loan for Huddersfield. Uh, from Chelsea, um, and my question to you, Leon, is: Is this a good move for the Terriers as well as Colwell? Yeah, well, I mean, they put a lot of. Um, I mean, first of all, was it? I think he's. I think he's about the sixth, isn't he? That they brought in. I mean, they've got. It'd be interesting to see what the back four or the you know back three that they turn out on the first day of the season. They brought. So they got Matty Pearson in. They've got um, is it Josh Ruffles from Oxford. 
They've got Ollie Turton from Blackpool. So there'll be plenty of work on on the sort of defensive side of it, I would have thought, in the in, in pre-season. It's very highly thought of at Chelsea. He'd just signed a new deal uh, and then he immediately loaned um, um, to the Championship. I think they'd spoken before Huddersfield about, um, I think it was Lee Bromby, the, the head of the um, sort of football director's Speaking about on a lot of the, a lot of the time when you bring these loans in, you wait until the end of the window. But I think Town were keen to stress that with Colwell, they were keen to get him in as early as possible, and they made a lot of overtures to to Chelsea in that regard to sort of get him fully assimilated in, into how they wanna how they do play um, under Colbrand Stewart. Spoke about that earlier. Is a real sort of um, intense way of playing. So. That sort of suggests to me to see a big sort of first team role for him next season. He's got, he looks like he's got great calibre, strong, quick, seems to c- cover well, certainly talks talks well as as well, judging by his interviews. So he looks to be, uh, by all accounts, going to be a big player, or just for the hoping that he's going to be a big player next season. Yeah, I, I think the thing that strikes me, I mean, you know, we've, we've already touched on it, Leon's mentioned it then, um, it's difficult. Richie Wellens was uh, was talking this week about how difficult it is to get loan players in for the Premier League clubs at the moment because usually, you know, Premier League clubs like to have their young players together at the start of pre-season. Yeah. Every yeah. now and then, someone will have kicked on and really developed more than you expect. There's, there's players, there'll be players on holiday after the Euros, especially at Chelsea, who've got tons of players there. You know, so so they like to kick them on. So for, for Huddersfield to get Colwell, and incidentally for for Hull to get Nathan Baxter in alone so quickly, I think I think is you know is is really encouraging. And although they haven't made enough use of it, I don't think as a as a football club, Chelsea's youth system has been prodigious you oh, know, yeah. in recent years yeah. in, in producing people. I mean, you know, the irony for Chelsea is they've they've produced players of the quality of. Uh, Mohamed Salah and Kevin De Bruyne for other people, but you know it does show, and obviously Huddersfield have seen that with some of the some of the players they've taken on loan. You you do get a certain guarantee of quality. Um, mm. So if, if if Huddersfield can make good use of it, and and, and the way the way Corbran plays his football, you would think you know Premier League clubs would like to to have their young lads playing in that sort of system. Um, yeah, I think I think just just well done for to Huddersfield for getting in, and it's safe to Hull as well for getting in so quickly and getting the job done because that could be that could be important. Mm-hmm. And um, our final topic of discussion for this week uh, looks at Leeds United, who have completed the signing of Birmingham winger Amari Miller. Um, do you think he will be a project uh, that Leeds will develop for the future, Stuart? Yeah, well, I think, you know, we saw it particularly last summer. There was almost a, a two-tier transfer policy for, from Leeds United. You had you had a couple of, of really, you know, high-caliber signings, Rodrigo, Rafinha, Robin Cock and Diego Lorente, who were really, you know, top-quality players to, to just add some stardust to that team. And then a raft of under-23 players, you know, people like Cody, Cody Drame and Joe Gelhart and Sam Greenwood and... and all sorts of of young players to to integrate into the under twenty three side who had a, a fantastic season last year and really really learn the Leeds way and develop it and it, it, you know it seems like it seems like he's part of that you know signed on a four year contract and you get the impression that 
that you know they they really want four years and more out of him. So I don't think we should expect too much from him in the in the short no. term. You know, there's all sorts of clamour last season for some of those lads I've mentioned to to play first team football, but Bielsa's very you know disciplined and rigid about these lads will get the chance when he thinks they're ready. You know, we've seen it with Meslier, we've seen it with Strike, but you know others others are held back until until the time is right and. Uh, and uh, you know, I suspect this is this is another another one of those signings for the future, and it, it's encouraging to see Leeds looking long term as well as just the short term. Yeah, I mean, it's a responsible, uh, mature approach, Stuart, isn't it? I mean, you look at a lot of the the leading teams on on the continent do similar things, don't they? You know, have a have struck a strong talent in the second teams, obviously, obviously making that. That jump to the uh, first team's a, a a different matter, but he's obviously got great calibre. And you know, we speak about we've often spoken about Bielsa, how you know the genius of of, of Bielsa, but he's also extremely you know fastidious. He knows everything across the board. It's not just the first team squad. He'll know everything about um, about those below. He's probably watched them on on DVDs countless times, and. Um, It'll be pure education for them if they get the chance to sort of train with, with with the first team as well. So they obviously think a lot about this this lad and uh, another one to to add, add to the pot. And you know, with with Leeds as well, I'm sure they've got the, the spokes out to, to get a few more in as well. Absolutely, and I think it's worth saying. You know, you mentioned Bielsa there. Even coaching the under twelves recently, so it's clearly very hands on. Yeah. But but yeah. It, it goes beyond Bielsa, which is important given Bielsa's age. You know, Victor yeah. Orta is a big part of driving this as well. And and, and I say that, that it's really important that they're thinking this way because yeah. the time will come, you know, in the not-too-distant future where Marcelo Bielsa is no longer the coach of Leeds United. But the club are clearly looking beyond that and building yeah. so that they're, building they're strong for that day. YorkshirePost.co.uk Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Leon Walkshaw, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport. Or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As ever, many thanks for listening, and look after yourselves, and bye for now.